It's time for another episode of The Other Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's the other guy on The Other Podcast, John Hogue here, seated across the table from Stacy, and seated probably in a comfy chair in Valdosta. Hi, Diana. How you doing? I'm doing very well, and yes, I'm in a comfy chair, and I have a cat in my lap. <laughs> oh, well, that's that, that. I'm sure that makes you happy. Uh, uh, you can find my good friend John Hoag's blogging at hoagwash.com. And Stacy blogs at theothermccain.com, or you can find his writings at other interesting spots around the interwebs take a look around for them folks uh and i've heard rumors of something coming uh from diana sometimes yes yes there is because i have a question how much is your reputation worth to you girl <laughs> what 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 um i got my okay uh i can't i'll i'll write a, i'll write, write about it next week when i after i've met with a few more people and handed over my report. Yes, well, mm. it's it, it it's interesting about what some people think their reputations are worth. Uh, I mm. remember one of uh, I, one of uh, Team Kimberlin wound up suing over uh, defamation uh, in small claims court in Texas. Hey, uh, uh, um, uh, oh boy. Anyways, uh, Diana, is there any uh, stormy weather down there in Valdosta? Uh, it's promising um, to be, it's promising to get kind of exciting as the evening goes on. We've got this great big uh, menacing looking thing on radar. It's mostly green and blue, but some of it's got yellow and red in it. Okay. Well, well, the reason I was asking is because uh, for reasons uh, previously unexplained, the, uh, uh, the football game uh, in... Tallahassee was delayed today. Yes, today is uh, marks the kickoff of the college football season. So Stacy gets to rant about football for the next uh, couple of weeks. I, I am not going to talk about the Patriots game against the Raiders Friday night. It's too depressing. Oh, it was bad. It on, was on, bad. On, the other hand, on the other hand, on the other hand, the big game Ooh. of Week Zero is in Hawaii. Uh, Vanderbilt is playing Hawaii, and to give you an idea of how far uh, the uh, program has sunk in Hawaii in the last say, 20 years, <laughs> Vanderbilt is favored to win by seven points. Oh, oh that's well, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just an early bowl game for Vanderbilt. Mm. Anyways, uh, uh, but mm. yes, uh, for checking the college football scoreboard right now uh, wow. with the um, uh, early in the uh, first quarter, uh, Florida State leads Duquesne uh, six to nothing. Um, in the uh, also in the now in the fourth quarter, the University of La Nevada, Las Vegas leads Idaho State forty five to twenty one. Uh, UConn. Uh, UConn. Is UConn, the University of Connecticut oh. is, uh, yeah, oh, I, not UConn, no, the University okay. of Connecticut uh, trails Utah State 14 to 24 in the third quarter. A uh, final score for you, uh, Western Kentucky defeated Austin P 38 to 7, and the big upset of the day, 
Uh, Northwestern University at home. Uh, actually, they're not at home. I'm sorry. They they were playing in Ireland, in Dublin, Ireland. They they decided in to Dublin? have the, Yeah, they're trying to spread huh. the football gospel across the pond, I reckon. So they were playing huh. in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, but Northwestern was the host team in that game. And they won 31 to 28 over Nebraska. And this is this shows you how the programs can change because about the same time Hawaii had a strong program, uh, Northwestern uh, it was establishing the longest losing streak in the history of college football, something that's the, a record they still hold. Yes, and uh, uh, my alma mater, Jacksonville mm -hmm. State University, um, uh, playing in Montgomery, Alabama this weekend, uh, uh, are in the fourth quarter. Uh, let me update that. But they lead Stephen F. Austin. Uh, yes, with uh, 13 minutes remaining. Is that correct? Anyways, 42 to 17. So Probably a safe game for them. Game Cox. Go Big Cox, as we used to say. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, and let's see, what else do we have from the world of football? Oh, well, never mind football. What about the crime spree in Valdosta, oh Georgia? Oh, my God. A I, Valdosta I just... man was arrested Tuesday on firearms charges. Yes, he police, was. Yes, police headed to the 1800 block of Claudia Circle after someone mm -hmm. called 911 about a suspect with a handgun. An officer found a man who fit the caller's description and talked with him. The officer saw a large object in the suspect's waistband. Uh, the suspect tried to flee. Uh, the officer grabbed the suspect. Both of them fell to the ground, as, and as the officer tried to put handcuffs on the suspect, the man kept reaching for his waistband. Now, folks, let me tell you something. If you want to die in a police shooting, resisting mm -hmm. arrest and reaching into your waistband while you're carrying a pistol uh, <laughs> is, is a good way to do it. Uh, when they it's a good way to die. Yeah, when they took the suspect into custody, they found a handgun on the floor where the suspect had been. A 36-year-old Valdosta man is charged with felony possession of a firearm by mm -hmm. a convicted felon. Naturally. Felony possession of a Schedule One narcotic. Big surprise. Felony theft by receiving stolen property because the gun dun, da, 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 was stolen, was stolen. <laughs> yes. and misdemeanor obstruction of a law enforcement officer. I tell you what, man. That's... And resisting arrest. Let's not yeah. forget resisting arrest. Yes, yes, yes. So, so, but he is lucky to be alive after he a, is. an incident like that. Yeah, he yeah. is. There's also uh, there was also the really wonderful case of the woman who um, who managed to carjack who carjacked a couple of Uber drivers. Um, oh my now goodness. that was in. Yeah, I sent you I sent you the link because I thought it was uh, I was faintly I was pretty amused by the story. Um, she was in she was from Florida. She uh, hijacked she carjacked them in I believe it was Berrien County, um, which is like you know maybe four thousand people, seven thousand tops, and um, she was trying to get from Florida to uh, Valdosta. Um, she carjacked the vehicle and she got to Valdosta where she was promptly arrested. Um, there was, uh, I mean, there's just been so much just dumb crime here lately. It's on the just... other hand, yeah, on the other hand, I did see a good uh, carjacking video uh, in a, a, a post on Gab this week. Uh, the car being carjacked was in the... Uh, curbside lane the the right lane right it stopped mm -hmm. at a traffic light guy comes up to it to try to carjack it and the guy just rubs his uh honda up against the uh suburban that's in the center lane uh -oh. mm. ouch it's all carjacking problem yeah yeah, yeah. so wait you well your car Squish. can be a weapon 
Yes. That's and exactly on, what it is. On the, hand, on the other hand, if you pointed a handgun uh, at me in the side window of my Volkswagen, I might just do the same thing to you. You know, the insurance will pay for the damage to my fender uh, and door. Uh, anyway, disinformation government board sent down the memory <laughs> hole. Memory was, hole. The, was the headline on uh, one of my uh, posts this week. Um, mm -hmm. And basically, uh, the D, uh, the secretary of the D, uh, Homeland Security has pulled the plug on it. Um, uh, at least, uh, well, no, he's pulled the plug on it. That doesn't mean they've gotten rid of any of the fact checkists, but it means <laughs> that they don't have that or umbrella organization to work under anymore. But Michael Chertoff, who is a previous uh, secretary mm -hmm. of Homeland Security, and uh, mm -hmm. was. The uh, one of the people uh, involved in uh, doing the report that advised that they do this basically, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, he said uh, that they don't have a red pencil to correct everything in the world that's not true. <laughs> which, 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 by the way, is for those of you who have got the are running with the eleventh uh, edition of the dictionary. That's old speak for idea double plus ungood rewrite rewrite full wise. Yeah, uh, it's, but you know, people, there are people who don't want to argue with you, Stacey. <laughs> and it's not for the same reason that you just wrote about. There are people who don't <laughs> want to argue with you because they don't believe that you have the right to uh, yeah. an opinion that's different from theirs. Right. I have, uh, I have uh, well, you know, uh, unfortunately, people have the right to disagree with me. I, in in well, an ideal world, no one would ever disagree with me. But, well, uh, on the other hand, there are those who have the responsibility to disagree with you and have a mic switch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, why these threats? What have I done to deserve threats? Uh, I had a post that I put up yesterday, and I, I spent a good bit of time on it, uh, mm -hmm. called Politics and Friendship. And it centers on a, a conversation I had on Facebook Messenger uh, with a friend of mine uh, from uh, that I've known since like first grade, if not mm -hmm. indeed kindergarten. I, I don't remember if he was in our kindergarten or not, but uh, my good friend known as Sasquatch, uh, who played tuba in the band when I played trombone. Um, and, uh, and, and there was a conversation on Twitter where someone posted a picture showing uh, the, uh, their signatures in the... Um, uh, in the school yearbook. Mm. And I said, well, if, and I, I'm not going to use the guy's name, but if Sasquatch would just um, approve my friend request, I, I'd, I'd be glad. And, and it turned out that what had happened was, mm. is that he had uh, basically quit Facebook for four years uh, because of political conversations uh, that he didn't mm -hmm. want to have, and um, and and uh, you mm -hmm. know in in our uh, thing he he in our private messages he said that uh, his you know politics are basically diametrically opposed to mine, and I said, well that's okay. I've got kids who are Bernie Bros. Okay, oh. so, so you know I know I know I I am a failure as a parent. I suppose uh, on the, on, don't on get over hand, it. On the other hand, the guy who played trumpet sitting next to me in the high school band when I was playing tuba uh, went off to Harvard, uh, was in the same dorm as Al Gore, and wound up as uh, Al's uh, first chief of staff when Al uh, uh, was elected to, as a Congress critter. And the guy's now a, a uh, just retired as a law professor at a very left-wing law school. But we're friends. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, and, and um, you know, and, and I explained that, um, uh, you know, is that I don't believe in arguing uh, about <laughs> politics, okay? Uh, and and I have to explain that I I recognized over years of experience that um, uh, that it I'm not a persuasive person 
whatever uh, 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 personality trait is necessary uh, to persuade people, I just don't have it. So no matter how right I may be, and of course I'm always right. Um, <laughs> um, I have a mic switch. The, um, uh, the, the problem is, is that I'm not going to convince anybody. It's, it, as I said on here, if, you're, um, if your aunt is a dyed-in-the-wool leftist, a, 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 an, MSC, an MSNBC watching progressive, um, you're not going to uh, talk her out of it. At uh, on Facebook by arguing no. with her on Facebook or at Thanksgiving or, or any other situation like that, and so uh, over and over again, I, you know, when if people want to argue about politics, I I just I just like I refuse to participate because uh, you're not going to convince me I'm wrong, and uh, I don't feel that uh, you know that I'm going to convince you. Uh, that you're wrong, and and I uh, mentioned something that I said a couple of weeks ago here, uh, that there are two <laughs> kinds of people in the world. One, people who agree with me, and two, people who are wrong. See, now, no. as I explain, this is why Joe Biden is president. 81 <laughs> million people thought they were smarter Lord. than me, and this... Uh, some, the of <laughs> Some of them were fictional. Some of them were fictional. Stacy, here's an example of your being wrong. He didn't get 81 million votes. <laughs> There's okay. no way. Well, um, and Stacy, I have always held that it is the mark of a person's genius, the extent to which they agree with me. <laughs> right, 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 right. On right. the other hand, I'm <laughs> one of these people who favors people who agree with reality. And ah, uh, Doctor Becky. Well, yes. Oh no. No, I actually have as an example of 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 people who, uh, rather than looking at the facts ca carefully and objectively, uh, grab a piece of something that someone else is talking about, not understand it, use it out of context, and, <laughs> and, and then build a, a, this entire edifice. And one of the things that has just happened was um, that uh, a paper ab ab about uh, some of the stuff that's come back from the James Webb Space Telescope, as a joke, had panic in the disco as part of mm -hmm. its... Uh, uh, it's, yes. it's title of the paper. And people took that as panic about people <laughs> thinking that the Big Bang didn't happen. No. Well, you know, <laughs> no. Uh, I can tell you right now, not only did the Big Bang happen, but it is uh, attested to uh, not only by the, the physical evidence, but uh, by uh, Genesis 1-1. But the point is, is that this, you know, it's... There are people out there who it's not worth arguing with them, uh, Stacy, because they would rather because they uh, are. They want drama. To, well, drama. Well, and, and rather than being willing to say I don't know, they would rather mm -hmm. believe a falsehood. And mm -hmm. you just can't argue with those people. You have to. You have to move on. Uh, and mm -hmm. and the thing is, is that you're not just seeing that in astronomy you're seeing it in disciplines like history mm. yes i had a uh, post this week with the title professor of politics and uh, it features a mugshot of the turtleneck wearing david austin walsh i wear turtlenecks they're comfortable in the winter a postdoctoral fellow at the university <sighs> of virginia okay so he shows up uh, in a story about a controversy involving the American Historical Association. A bizarre, and I'm, I'm quoting here from, hang on just a second, I'm quoting here from uh, AEI, I believe. No, wait, what is, I'm quoting from, hang on a second, I'll tell you. The, um, the American Institute of Economic uh, Research, Philip Magnus mm -hmm. is the uh, author of this, a, a bizarre string of events is unfolding at the American Historical Association. 
AHA. <sighs> Last week, AHA President James H. Sweet published mm -hmm. a column in the organization's magazine on the problem of presentism in academic yeah. historical writing. According to mm -hmm. Sweet, an unsettling number of academic historians have allowed their political views in the present to shape and distort their interpretations of the past. Sweet offered a gentle criticism of the New York Times' uh, 1619 project as evidence of this pattern. Uh, many historians embraced the 1619 Project for its political messages despite substantive flaws of fact and interpretation in its contents. We thus ask, as journalism, the project is powerful and effective, but is it history? Within moments of his column appearing all online, all hell broke loose on Twitter. Um, Which is a sewer. Yeah, the activist wing of the history profession uh, showed up on the AHA's thread and began demanding Sweet's um, cancellation. One of the people, a professor of history at Knox College named Kate Denial, okay? Impossible. Uh, this has got to be made up. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just reading the story. Led the charge with a wild, widely retreated thread calling on colleagues to bombard the AHA's executive board with emails protesting Sweet's column. We cannot <laughs> list, let this fizzle, she declared, uh, before posting a list of about twenty email addresses. The frenzy further exposed the very same problems in the profession that Sweet's essay cautioned against. David Austin Walsh, a historian at the University of Virginia, took issue with historians offering any public <coughs> criticism of the 1619 Project's flaws, no matter their validity, because those criticisms are, quote, going to be weaponized by the right, in uh, quotes. Wait, wait. Um, like, it's like the 1619 Project is not weaponized against everybody else? Hello? Exactly. Well, how <laughs> we about We have a this? problem. How about this? The, the thing is, is look, look at what that guy said. Regardless mm -hmm. of what's true, mm -hmm. we have to go with what supports our power. Which is ridiculous because is truth Marxism, is the ultimate. Which is Marxism. Point. Yes. Basically, yeah, it, it it flies in the face of uh, everything in Western civilization mm -hmm. up to the end of the 18th century. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, and it's just absolutely wrong. It does. It is. I mean, because truth no, look, first. Well, no, reality first. I mean, truth. Oh, yes. Yeah, truth. Truth uh, is uh, what truth is is a description of what reality, in fact, is. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it doesn't matter what your political agenda is if you step off the roof of a twenty-story mm -hmm. building, it will hurt you. <laughs> uh, well, you won't have much to say about it afterwards. <laughs> well, uh, uh, unlikely. Yeah. Well, the screaming leave... on the way down, though. Well, well, but leave your license on the uh, the parapet so that we won't have to worry about we'll it and, you you and, and all the goo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's you know, it, it, but that's the problem here is the mm -hmm. disassociation from reality. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, it you can't live in the real in the real world uh uh as in opposition to reality for very long uh you know, as padded you, as the edges are right now the left has been managing to live in a completely delusional state for i don't even i almost <clears throat> i'm sorry since at least the 70s or 80s <clears throat> 
<clears throat> I, well, actually, I would be willing. I would be willing to say that the hardcore left has been living in a delusion, uh, a delusional state since the 1840s. There uh, is that, a chance you could make that, no, that, that argument. No, that peaked around and 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 had a peak. It goes around back 18... to the Paris Commune. Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking mm -hmm. that, and then and then it it kind of burst forth prematurely in 1848, and then we mm -hmm. had some more stuff that that happened uh, again uh, in the progressive movements around the end of the uh, 19th, spilling over into the 20th century, and then uh, uh, socialism, fascism uh, after. Mm -hmm after World War One, and, you know, it, it's been then a, a continual uh, uh, oscill underdamped oscillation where they, the, the, <laughs> the peaks and valleys keep getting worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put my engineering hat on. When you have a, 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 an underdamped system, eventually it will hit one of its limit stops. And when that happens, things break. And you, 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 that happened to Germany in 1945, for example. It happened, yep. it happened in Russia over a, about a five-year period beginning in 1988. Uh, and it's going to happen other places where people just ignore what is real, what is true. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, there's an example that you have. The light is this dawning. Week. But yes, Stacey, the an, light is dawnings elsewhere. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but uh, but I but but and and folks, I commend this post to you for mm -hmm. two reasons. One, it has some good, insightful writing about its subject, and two, Stacy has managed to uh, uh, remember Rule Five. <laughs> Louise, yeah, Louise Perry is a young British writer who has just published her first book, The Case Against the Sexual Revolution, A New Guide to Sex in the 21st Century. And uh, like I said, she's a, a comely young lass. Um, no, she's flat out beautiful. Yeah, well, uh, she, she really considers is. herself a feminist, but the core of her argument resembles something I wrote uh, more than a decade ago, and, and it's this. Insofar as men and women are different, mm -hmm. they are not equal. Equality implies fungibility, that two things are perfectly interchangeable, so that one thing may be substituted for the other without any difference in value. Only a fool would believe that men and women are equal in that way, and yet this is what feminists would require us to believe. And any man who dares contradict this egalitarian dogma is a sexist, an oppressor, a reactionary representative of the <laughs> patriarchy, all the uh, other errors of feminism flow from this one fundamental error, a counterfactual insistence on the equality of the sexes. Men and women are not the same and therefore are not equal. Now, when you make that argument, uh, when you say that because things are different, they cannot be equal in the sense that radical egalitarians uh, have in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, even many conservatives become skittish because you know they're they're so afraid they're going to offend somebody. Uh, and and frankly, over the over the decades, um, uh, many conservatives have inter internalized liberal arguments and and just uh, don't want to get down to the. Uh, uh, real fundamental problem uh, with this movement. But anyways, to go ahead, I'll quote Louise Perry, who, who uh, was a guest writer at Barry Weiss's, if you know who Barry Weiss is. Mm -hmm. she, she quit the uh, New York Times editorial board and now has a uh, blog on, uh, I guess it's a substack called Common Sense. Mm -hmm. Louise Perry writes, it's precisely because I'm a feminist that I've changed my mind on sexual liberalism. It's an ideology premised on the false belief that the physical and psychological differences between 
men and women are, are trivial and that any restriction placed on sexual behavior must therefore have been motivated by malice, stupidity, or ignorance. The problem is the differences aren't trivial. Um, she said one half of the population is smaller and weaker than the other half, making it much more vulnerable to violence. This yes. half of the population also carries all of the risks associated with pregnancy. Uh, mm -hmm. And she goes on and says, we can't just redesign society on the back of an envelope. We have to look at social structures that have already proven to be successful and compare them against one another rather than against some imagined alternative that has never existed and is never likely to exist. And, and I uh, suggest that everybody read the whole thing. It's quite um, good. Yes. And, and uh, if you click the link on my blog uh, to Louise Perry's book, it will take you to Amazon where you can purchase the book and that will give me a commission, which makes me think it's about that time, John. Yeah, talk about the yellow button. Yes, uh, we have reached the shameless capitalism part of the program, where I tell you that if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, uh, in the center column near the top is a yellow button with the word donate. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account, where you can contribute dollars, euros, pesos, shekels, or any other form of currency except Russian rubles uh, to help support the blog, uh, to support the podcast, and of course, to keep my wife happy because she likes it when I make money off this venture. <laughs> and so, and keeping my wife happy is job number one. So, so please Click the yellow donate button uh, to help support the blog and the podcast. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com. Uh, yes, indeed. I don't have a yellow button, but I do have in the sidebar over on the right a tip jar icon. Click on that and be taken off to my PayPal account where you can support the blog and the podcast. Or you can shop at the Hogwash store, or you can use the Amazon shopping links you'll find at Hogwash or uh, the other McCain. We'd both participate in the Amazon Affiliates Program. Uh, when Lots of bloggers do. When you use those links, the blogger gets a small commission. You pay the same usual price, but Amazon actually does something nice about supporting the blogosphere that way. Or, in my case, you can click over uh, on the menu bar at the top where it says DMCA contact information, and that's actually got my snail mail address and you can use that to ship gold Russian imperial rubles. I will take those rubles uh, if you want to send that. Or you can just send uh, cash. Uh, I, I like to collect pictures of dead presidents. Although no, I like, <laughs> I, but I like dead uh, postmaster generals even better. Regardless mm -hmm. uh, how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. Now, there's something about... What Louise Perry was writing about that is about a change in society that has happened during my lifetime. Um, contraception existed uh, well before I was born, but the pill happened in a really significant way uh, during uh, the time I was a teenager. And when I was in high school and college, most of the girls and women were not on the pill yet. And that meant you kept your pants zipped if you didn't want to be a father. Mm -hmm. um, and that changed, though. Uh, my wife, who's seven, who was seven years younger than me, uh, you know, was always on some form of contraception. And so her experience of becoming sexually mature was radically different from mine. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and her experience was very much about the, the women who've been on the leading edge 
of mm-hmm. moving into professions and that sort of stuff in ways that they weren't able to do before because they became mothers uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that disrupted things. And women are different from men, not just physically, but emotionally as well. And uh, and thank and, God for that. Yes. We used to well, say, vive la difference. Well, yeah. I mean, well, well, one of the one of the countries, uh, one the, among the countries of the world that have tried to uh, make things as egalitarian as possible, Scandinavia, and so when you let women have their choices, they don't become engineers; they become physicians, nurses, uh, the caring ca- ca- counselors. They move into they they're more interested in people than things, and Some having majority. having well well. It's a 60-40 relationship, typically, which is enough to be, say, on the average, it's not really different, but at the extremes it is. And so when you get to good people engaged in uh, professions like mechanical engineering and professions like uh, uh, nursing, you know, you see a significant difference about uh, the male and female population. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, that's also true about the kind of people who, for example, run large organizations or politicians you know mm-hmm. not not every not every woman is margaret thatcher and, <laughs> and not every woman politician is margaret thatcher well well you're getting ahead of the game i'd, I'd like to continue this particular strain of thought and you were talking about what happens at the tail end of the bell curve right yeah okay in other words that the demands for essentially a quota system uh, in in uh, engineering and sciences um, ludicrous is it has to do with elite institutions. Repeat after me: elite institutions. Okay, the one percent or even smaller than that. If you're talking about Harvard, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What percentage of the over the annual number? of students graduating high school and the annual number admitted to Harvard or Yale or, or Columbia or Stanford, the, the elite universities are highly selective, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and this is where, um, uh, you know, the demand for quote-unquote equality <sighs> is shrieked the loudest and it's the last place in the world. You know, uh, Larry Summers, who worked in the Clinton administration, a card-carrying liberal, uh, got chased out of Harvard uh, <laughs> because he tried to talk about some of the things that you were just talking about here. Mm-hmm. And it's important to understand that what we're talking about is average group differences. And I'll mm-hmm. give you a, a perfect example of this. There hasn't been a white cornerback in the NFL, a white starting cornerback uh, in the NFL uh, for about 15 years, okay? Mm-hmm. And it has to do with the, with the greater athleticism at the tail end of the bell curve because by the time you get to be a starting quarterback, cornerback, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, cornerback in the NFL – that is a very high gate that oh, you yeah. have, a, a high threshold. You have not only been recruited in football out of high school, you have succeeded so well in college that you got drafted in the NFL, and then you have to compete for a roster spot. So <clears throat> when you get to elite running, the the, the physical – attributes uh, of elite um, athletes uh, uh, shows a great advantage uh, uh, to black people at that particular thing. doesn't mean that there's there are no white cornerbacks, okay? It's just that the, the guys who might have, uh, a lot of the white guys who might have competed at that position uh, took a look at the odds and instead became tight ends or, mm-hmm. uh, or, or played some other position in football. Well, or, or let's, mm-hmm. let's look at something that more academic and professional, the way people would think of it. In my particular profession, you have to be probably in the 98th percentile 
on intelligence to make C's in a university program to get the degree, undergraduate degree I have. Right. Until okay. they started dumbing it down. Yeah. No, no, uh, no. That's you can't that's, dumb down. <laughs> yeah. There's no way to do electrical that. engineering. Uh, but uh, but the thing is, is that if men are more likely to, to go into into stuff related to things and women are more related to likely to go into things related to care, the one of the other professions that requires that level of IQ to survive in your university training is medicine. Mm-hmm. Well, guess where the girls go and guess where the guys go. And yep. there's a reason why you're seeing uh, in some programs, majority female medical school classes mm-hmm. now. And yep. it's, it's because of that sort. We're letting women do these sorts of things. And when they, uh, when they're able to take a choice on their own, uh, that's so you don't get, you don't get equality Mm-mm. except it. Well, you get, we, we, you get equality in the sense of that. Yes. If you've got the, uh, if you've got if the you've ability been... to got the ability, you can go and, and do it, and we're going to mm-hmm. let you do it now. But when people start taking their own choices, it doesn't go according to somebody's central plan. Well, it right. isn't a doctrine. It's sort of like, do you know what's even more competitive than medical school? Vet school. To get in, there are only five, count them, five vet schools in the country. And um, on that, in that, you would be absolutely astonished at the uh, at the school at uh, the intelligence and the academic ability of the people involved. Well, yeah, one of my wife, yeah, one of my wife's cousins uh, went to Cornell's veterinary school, mm-hmm. and she, you know she is one of the most brilliant people I ever met. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and see, th- that's just it. It's not only about ability, it's about interest. Okay. Mm-hmm. In other words, that what field are you interested in, as opposed to what could you plausibly be smart enough to do? See, mm-hmm. and, 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 and so the idea that we must have quotas, right, uh, just tends to, it tends to rig things uh, and it produces uh, bad results. Like, for instance, uh, uh, women who go into politics but don't have the aptitude for it. Uh, you well, wouldn't be talking to a whole bunch of people from Florida, New York. Would you? <laughs> uh, oh, this this one uh, lit them up today. I, my post was, "Why do Democrats hate women?" Because, right, right, okay. See, mm-hmm. it, it is the Democrats are, are dedicated to this idea that equality, right, would naturally exist if it were not for discrimination. So therefore, any inequality between two groups or even between two individuals must be the product of discrimination. And what motivates discrimination? Hate. Florida Democrats had a chance to nominate a progressive woman for governor, but instead of Nikki Freed, they chose Charlie Crist. And it Mm. wasn't even close. Crist was won by almost uh, almost a 25-point margin uh, over Freed. Of course, it goes without saying that I loathe Nikki Freed, but I'm a Mm. Republican, so I've got an excuse. The big question is, why do Democrat voters in Florida hate Nikki Freed so much that they'd prefer that desiccated fossil, uh, Charlie Chris? I go on to demonstrate that the same pattern happened in the uh, Democratic primaries in New York uh, for the 12th district where the, uh, boy, I tell you what, this was, Two ugly people. Boy, I want to tell you. <laughs> Jerry Nadler beat uh, Carolyn Maloney by, uh, uh, by a 30-point margin. Uh, and, Carolyn Maloney has better grooming than does Nadler, okay? Well, we don't need to go into that. I, I don't want to talk about uh, uh, the, um, the problems that... That Mr. Nadler seems to have with his digestive system. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whew, 
boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to go fecal with this one. But anyway, um, uh, but what happened in the 12th district was the result of the uh, 2020 census in which New York came up a mere 89 people short of enough to avoid losing a, a, a seat in the uh, reapportionment. Thank you to uh, Andrew Cuomo and COVID for that. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, just think about the thousands of elderly New Yorkers who died as a result of Cuomo's misguided COVID nineteen policy. Well, of course they didn't. They didn't lose their votes, but they, yeah, yeah, ten well, people no, could still vote. Not. But first, you have to count them on the census, and and they came up eighty nine short. Well, in another mm -hmm. district, uh, the. Uh, chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, which we call the DCCC, or it, 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 insiders call it the DTRIP, uh, the mm. DCCC chairman, Sean Patrick Maloney, defeated progressive challenger Alexandra Biaghi, and again, it wasn't even close. Maloney stomped Biaghi by a two-to-one margin. Uh, Biagi was endorsed by AOC and other left-wing um, operations, and the only reason that uh, uh, Maloney uh, won is obvious because Democrats <laughs> hate women. Well, yeah, except I'm going to give you an example that uh, the, maybe this may be something that disproves the See, I'm using the their logic against them. Well, yeah. Look, yes, and it works, well, I don't, and it's I fun. Don't, I, well, I don't, I don't know that they hate women per se is so much as they hate loser women. <laughs> um, and let's let, let's look at what's going on. Uh, Freed was so confident and full of herself that she <sighs> ran her campaign strictly against DeSantis as if it was the general election. Yeah. So she didn't. She didn't even appeal so much to the Democrat voters, she thought she was a shoe in. Um, mm -hmm. And the thing is, she's been pretty much of a loser as the Secretary of Agriculture. In, she's uh, a ditz. Yes. And, 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 and also a bad person. That's yes, true, but, but, but uh, she's also thoroughly incompetent at the large par portion of what her job encompasses. Yes, but whereas, and that's the difference between Nadler and uh, Maloney in terms of uh, constituent services in New York. Uh, mm. And that that's the reason why uh, Nadler's base turned out for him. And then uh, the whole thing about AOC trying to find somebody to dislodge uh, <sighs> uh, the chairman of the, the campaign committee. I mean, uh, this is an example of the... Uh, the inner party uh, saying, no, 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 uh, wait, stay in line. Uh, that was, <laughs> there was no way for that to happen. It's not that they hate women so much in this case is that they hate uppity women. Uh, well, they certainly don't like Sandy Cortez, who doesn't, who is occasional cortex. Yes. But uh, the example though, is meanwhile, uh, that, that, the exception that proves the rule is, meanwhile, in Florida's first congressional district, uh, Maryland peace order uh, process abuser Rebecca Jones did win the Democratic primary. Oh, joy. And she will then uh, be going up against Matt Getz uh, uh, in the general election. Now, she carried 62% of the vote in the primary. Good for her. But that uh, just proves that uh, Florida uh, Democrats are even more delusional than most Democrats. Well, in no, that I, district. Well, well, well no, in, no, I don't. Uh, what I what I think it proves is that in situations where they know they've got no chance in the general election, uh, election they vote their consciences, and they they really <sighs> that that you the Democrats in that district really do believe. Uh, uh, a, a lot of the nonsense, but it's, here's the thing: the girl the, cannot even do basic arithmetic. Oh, look, I, I mean, and even she can't even keep track of money. I, ha I have looked. Her, I have looked her in the eye before, uh, and 
She's quite mad. Yes, I would say that that is true. But given the fact that Getz's share of the Republican vote, his share of the Republican vote was more than twice the total vote in the Democratic primary, you see where this is going? The arithmetic (laughs) says there ain't no way. So this is, you know, it's not that the Democrats... hate her because she's going to be a loser. Uh, it's the fact that they know that the whole thing is a lost cause in that district. Mm-hmm. And so they might as well uh, either vote for the amusement factor or for the fact that they actually believe in crazies like that. All right. Yeah. Meanwhile, though, speaking of, you know, this whole turn yeah. against reality that we're seeing among people, um, did anybody in the last year or so, uh, receive a suggestion that you buy an electric car to save money because gas is so high? Ha. Huh. Well, there's been... I'm not been, silly. <laughs> there, 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 uh, on Twitter, in the latter part of this week, somebody posted uh, a repair estimate from a Chevrolet dealer to oh. replace the high-voltage motor drive battery in a Chevy Volt. Now, this is a 10-year-old oh. Volt... This is a 10-year-old Volt, and the uh, ba- re- the warranty on the battery is 100,000 miles or 10 years, whichever comes first. And so it's possible that the, this car's battery is just out of warranty. But it, the, the, the total bill is for $29,842 and change, of which uh, $26,853 and change. 887.97. Uh, yeah. by, in parts. Good yeah. God. Good um, God. Help! Yeah. My, I can't even breathe reading that. Well, the thing is, is that that's, all, that's, in, that's in the ballpark, depending on the options on the car, that's in the ballpark of the sticker price of the car in 2012. Yeah. So imagine yeah. having a car for 10 years and then having to uh, pay the sticker price to keep it on the road after 10 years. Uh, mm. You know, now, I, I started out my post, you know, with the thing, I'm an electrical engineer and my job involves uh, designing the electronics that will be used to drive motors, a robot arm on a NASA satellite. And the motors are not as powerful as what you'd find in a car, but the technology is similar. And that repair estimate explains why one of my Volkswagens has, burns gasoline and the other's a diesel. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and... The thing is, is that this Volt is a hybrid. It's got a 1.4 liter gasoline engine that you got to keep up as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and uh, now, if I had to put a new diesel engine in my Beetle, uh, it wouldn't cost uh, $28,000. It would probably be more like the lo- kind of low end estimates you occasionally see of $9,000 for the job, but those are not. Uh, you know, the current estimates I've seen range from any place from 18 to 35,000. Mm. So, you know, well, the lithium is in short supply at the moment, guys. The, batter- the batteries are hard to get to hold of. That's one of the reasons why there's like 90 to 150 day delivery time on Teslas. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, uh, and, for, and not only that, but I've never had a diesel uh engine require you know anything other than routine maintenance until it got past 300,000 miles so yeah. the actual cost of electric cars is like are you trying to kid me <laughs> yeah well, on the other hand on most of the most of the uh, uh, stu- outlet stuff that comes out of your wall outlet uh, is actually done from spinning generators of some sort rather than batteries and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So in that case, batteries aren't included. And Europe has gone uh, full tilt boogie uh, green on us. And uh, a couple of years ago, they were paying, you know, maybe uh, $75 oh, to $100, 100 euros for a 400 megawatt hour block of electrical power. And it's up over 600 euros for 400 megawatts now. People are going to die this winter of cold because they can't afford it. Well, the exit question that I had on my post about it was, uh, what did the greens burn before candles and wood stoves? Electricity. (laughs) (sighs) 
I mean, yeah. it's just. On the other hand, I'm glad I have a house with two working fireplaces, just in case. Yeah, just in case. I've got five, and I intend it, at need I can use them. Well, um, yeah, but you're, it it's not going to be quite as cold in Valdez as it might get no. up here. <laughs> it isn't. Yeah, but you know, on the other hand, maybe uh, somebody will give me money that I can buy electricity with. Yeah, yeah. Somebody pointed out this week that the uh, value of a gender studies major has has increased. It's now worth ten thousand uh, dollars. It used to be zero, <laughs> but uh, that's a joke from the, it's a uh, good the Amer one. America's newspaper of record. Uh, my uh, post about the uh, is called Biden's illegal boondoggle giveaway. It's not just that Joe Biden's stroke of the pen student loan giveaway will cost U.S. taxpayers something like $400 billion or more, nor is it just that this presidential mandate will drive inflation higher. And we haven't even considered that Biden's debt cancellation scheme is regressive. Everybody else forced to pay for this gift to a relatively affluent cohort or that it is transparently an attempt to buy votes for Democrats in the November midterms. Leave all that criticism aside as mere details, because the far more important point is that the whole damn thing is illegal because the Constitution yep. doesn't grant the president any such authority. He Yay, said you're right. Loud. You're true. It's true. <laughs> Well, okay. yes, but that isn't the only thing that's being done in, in an extra constitutional manner now. Oh, or, my God. Uh, or, for example, I'm not only are we seeing searches, but we're, we've got people disappearing. We have in, in now. OK, um, a couple disclaimers. One, um, Gavin McInnes is not known to me in reality. And I think the Proud Boys is the stupidest name ever applied uh, that anybody ever chose for an organization. Well, it was but, a joke. I, it may have been a joke, but it was a really, it, but the problem is that it's a really bad one. Anyway, um, but this, this happened, this happened. I've been following up on this and I cannot quite believe what I'm seeing. Um, as Red State puts it, where is Proud Boys founder Gavin McInnes? Um, he had just started his live stream show, uh, Get Off My Lawn, which is a video podcast from uh, his studio in the Bronx. McInnes was interrupted by what appeared to be law enforcement. Um, uh, to, I'm going to skip the fact that he was like, um, okay, sure, I'll get a lawyer. We'll come down and talk about this, whatever it is. Next thing you know, he disappears and this is where it gets freaking scary. No law enforcement agency or organization is admitting where he is. Um, comedian Josh Denny, who was scheduled to do a stand-up tour alongside McInnes, posted that McInnes is in jail and that the, the incident is not a skit for the show. Okay, fine. Um, but here's the one that really shakes me up. Another comedian who has a show on McInnes's censored TV TV platform um, addressed the situation, saying, "And I quote: I got in I got in contact with some people, and unfortunately, at this time, I cannot legally discuss what happened." Okay, what? here's my problem. This is total NKVD. Uh, this is the whole Argentine junta in um, disappearing people. Where is Gavin McInnes and what is he charged with? We need to know this and we need to know this now. This is, this is the stuff that, that really, there is no legitimate reason to do this. Well, we Hello, don't Ginger. know. Well, yeah, that's, that's my dog, Ginger barking. Not my dog, by the way, it's not my dog. Uh, I, I don't have a dog, dog, but we have Ginger. <laughs> uh, she was a rescue from an abuse situation. And, 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 she seems and uh, my wife has a very large heart, whereas I'm 
more like the Grinch. I'm, it's my, and I your heart is to... 10 sizes too small. <laughs> yes, I'm a heart, and it's a hard heart, too. So, uh, That's all right. Um, anyways, but... Um, On the other hand, we are finally seeing some responsible behavior by the feds. They're, they they okay. put out the... the uh, the redacted version of their probable cause affidavit for I like your comments and basically yeah I took one of the pages that's completely blacked out and just said well that certainly certainly clears the air the air yeah Yeah, my my take on it is called affidavit laffidavit and everybody's cracking jokes on 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 this heavily redacted uh uh, affidavit, uh, but it's really no laughing matter. The private home of the mm. former president of the United States was raided by the FBI under the pretext of what exactly? Uh, and and trying to get to the bottom of this is very difficult. Such an unprecedented action as the Mar-a-Lago raid, one might think, Uh, would only be undertaken with clear evidence of wrongdoing. But what this seems to be about, and and I'm just summarizing what I've read, what this seems to be about is that some librarian (laughs) at the National Archives in February complained about Trump possessing documents that the librarian Mm. wanted. (coughs) Six months later, the raid happened. The idea being, that Trump had classified or top-secret material so that the national security was imperiled. But if it was such a five-alarm emergency, why did they wait six months to do the raid? Not only that, (laughs) considering that the Presidential Record Act gives him the ability to have custody of those records himself for 12 years before he has to give them back uh-huh. to the archives. Where's yep. the legal authority for the raid? Yeah. Uh, yep. Everyone who has looked at this, it, it, you know, it come out, Margot Cleveland, I think gets very close to it. She's, she's going to have, a, she's going to have a, a piece that people should uh, read coming on Monday. Monday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, not only that, one other thing ha- ha- broke this afternoon, uh, while uh, while I was driving over here, I, I saw it come up on Twitter just as I was setting up. Uh, mm. A judge, a federal judge in D.C. Right. has said, oh, no, I think we probably do need to appoint a special master special to take master, custody yeah. of, of these and to review it and to decide uh, whether the government should have any of them yet or not. So uh, Trump... Well, now he hasn't appointed a master, but he said, uh, I need the government to explain to me why I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. We will disappear uh, you is a pretty good reason. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, you know, it looks like just a fish, a politically motivated fishing expedition. It probably simply. is. And, and, well, and, you know, I don't, this to me doesn't smell like the NKVD. It's more like the Stasi. Yeah. It is, and it's heavy-handed, and it's crude, and it's vulgar, and it's just pure intimidation. Well, we will soon hear the boogie-woogie piano, folks, because uh, we have reached the point in the show where we get to crazy people are dangerous. Yes, they are. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Atlanta police got 911 calls. Someone mm-hmm. was spray-painting swastikas on the Rainbow Crosswalk in the predominantly gay Midtown District. The LGBTQ community, not only in Atlanta, but nationwide, was prepared to launch a 24-7 media circus over this atrocity. But Mm -hmm. then police released surveillance video of the suspect and... Suddenly, the activists got so quiet, you could hear the crickets chirping. And uh, here is the story. Atlanta police have identified the man arrested last week after allegedly spray-painting swastikas on the city's rainbow crosswalks. Police identified Jonah Sampson, 30, as the man who allegedly spray-painted swastikas on Atlanta's midtown rainbow crosswalks. Uh, authorities believe he is also responsible for graffiti that was found on a monument 
at the Federal Reserve Building. Uh, he was arrested after a five-hour standoff with the SWAT team at his oh apartment. Um, uh, but Andy No, bless his heart, managed to find uh, this guy's um, uh, social media account. And uh, it's, well, um, he was a black nationalist, it appears, uh, and he, he wrote a lot of stuff about uh, black people are the master race. And um, and he talks about killing people and shows pictures of himself uh, with what looks like a nine millimeter pistol with an uh, extended uh, uh, thing. So um, and he's and he's got his finger inside the trigger guard, which oh is Oh, my very God. Annoying. Yeah. And, well, and, but I mean, here's the thing is that you see. He's a member of one of the uh, classes that's supposed to be protected. And, you know, now we're going to choose between them. And this puts us up against the problem that uh, some animals are, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. we can be grateful that Jonah Sampson surrendered peacefully to police or we'd be watching Atlanta burn live on CNN. Well, folks, uh, we hear the rock and roll in the background, which means it's time uh, we're uh, to end the other podcast. We'll be back next Saturday night, same time, 7 o'clock Eastern. And uh, we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us, Diana. Anytime. Good night, Diana. Good night, Stacey. Good night. Good night. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Mr. Briggs.